Welcome to the Sojo Show with Jen and AJ, where you'll dig deep into God's Word alongside two imperfect, frequently ineloquent women as we discover fresh ways to walk out God's truth together. Welcome back to this Sojo Show. We are so glad you are here today. And we have a really, really special treat today. And I say we, sadly, it is just me on my end of the microphone. Um, I am not with AJ today. However, the exciting part is that we do have a special guest with us. So I would like to introduce you to a new friend of ours. Um, named uh, Lana Stinner. Uh, see, I almost did it, Lana. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. <laughs> we just had this discussion uh, about her beautiful name. But Lana Stinner, and we actually met, AJ and I met Lana when we were on her podcast. And so make sure you uh, go and check check that out. I'm going to link everything down below. But um, well, we met her and just had such a sweet conversation. And she is such an interesting interesting person and loves the Lord. And we are really excited for this conversation. Um, Lana actually is, uh, she does a lot of things. Okay. So she's an author. She has this beautiful book that um, again, I'm going to, I'm going to link it. And I was reading the reviews on your book on oh. your Gracefield. Um, what is the Gracefield Homestead? Yeah. And was your original book. And now you have another one that's Gracefield Homestead cookbook. Yes. And I was kind of checking that out too. <laughs> it's filled with some goodness. <laughs> it is filled with some goodness. I mean, the photos in there, I just want to like start making stuff. Like, and I'm mm-hmm. not even a cook, so I'm impressed. <laughs> but um, she has this beautiful book, and you need to definitely check that out. Um, but really, uh, she's she's an author, so she's an entrepreneur. She has a podcast, as I mentioned. She teaches in a college, she's a college professor. And, but the interesting thing about her, well, not the interesting, but one of the interesting things about her is that she is what she calls an unlikely homesteader. So I don't know um, why she, why that word unlikely comes into play. Um, I'd be interested to hear that bit of the story in a minute, but basically (laughs) uh, uh, Elena and her husband, they moved to um, a small farm, uh, like years ago now, a couple of decades ago, like 20 years yeah. ago now, um, with their four children and they fixed up an old house. I don't know if you're still in the process of that. I'm assuming it's never, it's a never ending. <laughs> it's cycle, never ending. <laughs> right. Um, but it, the, it's really, really cool because this experience allowed her and her family to focus on the gospel and God. And as she puts it, goats and gardens as well. So, um, so she's done a lot of things. I'm looking forward to you hearing this conversation. We're going to talk a little bit about her homesteading experience. But before I get into what our conversation is going to be, what is there anything else that we need to know about you? Oh, goodness. I think you've covered it all. I think that's all the good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's all the good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a mama. To I raised four kiddos here. And I now have two daughter in loves and two grandbabies. And so we're just uh, having a good old time. You know, for those of you, I'm in my mid 50s now. And for those of you that are worried about aging, this is as good as it gets. This yeah. is, we're having a good old time over here. So yeah, I think you covered most of it. Yeah, I can second that. We're we're just about the same age and, uh, and I only have one gray baby, but it is a beautiful season of life. Absolutely beautiful. It is, it so, is. 
I love it. And I know that um, your experiences over the last couple of decades and your um, just kind of your life experience from what you've been doing with the home, the homesteading and the um, the animals and the farming and the gardening mm-hmm. and the remodeling and all the things that you guys have been doing. Those kind of things are what gives us so many awesome life lessons. And that's oh, yes. one of the things I'm really excited to look into today. So for those of you who are familiar with what's going on in Sojo Academy right now, we are actually in the process of studying in kind of taken from the book of Galatians, Old Testament law versus grace, right? Not versus, but and grace and the promise of Christ who came obviously to fulfill the law and kind of the difference between that. And, and inherent in that is just a real sweet study on the grace of God. And that is one of the things I really want to dive into today and kind of looking at some lessons that you've learned along the way related to the grace of God that he sort of taught you through your life experiences, because we all have different experiences, but we all, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful how God teaches us these same lessons through whatever we're doing. So, so what I thought we would do is come up with a couple of kind of correlations, some parallels between homesteading uh, and grace. And Mm -hmm. I'm just going to let you chat about them. Okay. Yes. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. So the first thing I was thinking about is really, and this goes, this is applicable to all of us, whether you, no matter where you are, whether you're in the middle of a big city or in the middle of a big farm, this is applicable to all of us, all of these points. But one of the things I was thinking about is our dependence on God. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, how, and just thinking about the natural order of things, how we depend on what we have to depend on in order to do the things in our like everyday life and how that kind of teaches us to be dependent on him in deeper spiritual matters. So mm-hmm. is there anything you, that kind of comes to mind that you can think of, like um, a lesson that you've learned, something mm-hmm. that um, has been really instructional for you and how you have had to depend on him in a special way because of your experience? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you are, um, you know, doing that comparison and chatting about the law and grace. And over here, we named our farm the Gracefield Homestead. And it really kind of stemmed out of um, (laughs) me not being good at grace, (laughs) to be honest with you. Um, I've always struggled with that. My personality, I like the um, the black and white. I like the list of you can do these things to be a good mm-hmm. Christian and you can't do these things and um, all those lists. And I think a lot of us that have grown up in the church are used to um, those lists of things we can and can't do. And the grace piece, when you talk about the law and the, and all of these rules that are basically unattainable, and then you flash forward hundreds and hundreds of years And then Jesus comes along and he just turns it all upside down. And this thing that is almost uncomprehensible is this grace and how it's undeserved and it's a gift. And you look at um, even before he died, you know, the moment was when he died on the cross. But even as he's sitting there on the cross, hanging there, 
And he's next to the thief on the cross. And that story has always just really irritated me because this thief just comes in at the last minute, does nothing for it. He doesn't deserve it. He didn't do the list of all the good things. He did all the list of the bad things. And yet that moment, you know, he's in paradise with Jesus that day. And so it's just this, um, it doesn't make sense for those of us that have been brought up in these lists. And I just find it fascinating the way that God works with that. And that's pretty much my whole adult life has been trying to grasp the concept of grace and it's undeserved and it's this gift and it's through Jesus. And it's not through these religious lists of things we can and can't do, but it's that relationship with him. And you find it over and over. And I've said this and we've had this conversation before. So much of what goes on on the homestead and in the natural realm is is our lives mimic that too. You know, what what God, the the concepts of planting seeds and harvesting later and all of those parallels, so much that we see it in nature and it works in our lives as well. And those relationships, it boils down to God wants a relationship with us. He doesn't want checkoffs of what you did right and what you did wrong. And to do that, you have to cultivate it. And it so ties in with the gardens and how we need to be out there tending it and working it. And, you know, you were asking for if there's any parallels. I mean, one of the things we've started in the last couple of years over here is intensive gardening. And it's this different method where we used to do these long rows, like you would see, you know, back in the movies, these long rows of crops and um, they're in the ground. And really by about this time in the year in July, we were just covered in weeds. Nothing, it didn't matter if we watered it, it all was dried and crumpled up. And we went to this intensive method where you pack it into a raised bed and you just pack it in so tight that there is not room for a weed to even pop through and you companion plant. And so you figure out, okay, here's your tomatoes. What goes with that that will help deter the pests? You know, maybe it's marigolds. And so you plant marigolds at the base. And so you pack things in so tight that there's not a room for a weed to get in and you're growing. It's that relationship. And I feel like we constantly are focused on um, God loves us and God knows us. I think I think back to that uh, verse in hmm, Psalm one thirty nine thirty eight, where you know He formed us in our mother's wombs. He mm-hmm. knows when we stand, mm-hmm. when we rise, when we all those things. He knows us, but do we know Him? Are we packed in so tight with His goodness? Are we? worshiping every morning? Are we in our Bible? Are we doing all these things that we know him just like he knows us? And that's where the relationship happens. And it's mm-hmm. not just a list. And when I when I compare that to the garden, if we're doing all these things where we're packing it all in tight with all of his goodness, Bible reading, prayer, worship, all those things, 
there's not room for the weeds to get in. And we are so tight and our relationship is so strong that we thrive and we grow in that. And so I, I love that you guys are studying the law because I could be a complete Old Testament nerd. Um, I love all of that. I, you know, I wish I had every minute of every hour to go deep into like, you know, the Jewish language and um, all their traditions and their festivals and all that. And I, you know, I someday, someday when I retire, I will spend a little more time on that. But it is just a fascinating correlation and contrast, really, with the law and grace. And it truly, to me, boils down to our, do we know him like he knows us? And are we putting our energy into packing in the goodness so that we know his voice and it is a relationship and it's not a list of can and can't do? Yeah. And, you know, I love that. And one of the things that we are looking at in relationship to the law is that the whole purpose of it is to let, to really expose ourselves to recognize that we cannot do those things. Right. And so how quickly when we're not filled with the, you know, the grace that is the gospel, um, are we, uh, we, you know, we, we, we cannot we can't fulfill the law on ourselves. That's not, that's right. not, that's, it's showing us our weaknesses and what are what we need. And so I, yes, I love that too. And I love intensive gardening, intensive, is that what you call that? Intensive? I, yeah, intensive. Okay. Yeah. I love that idea because when you were talking about it, the other thing that kind of came to mind was in addition to just filling ourselves up is the fact that you were talking about how you put plants that sort of, they, they work together well and mm-hmm. that to me, I just immediately kind of got a picture of the church, right? Oh, yes, the church, the definitely. Big church, but then also the little church, the mm-hmm. the the local church and the local body the of believers mm-hmm. and kind of our community with one another, how we basically need that and we need one another to remind us of the fact that we are living by grace and not by works. And so it was really, that's another interesting picture on kind of how, when you put all those pieces together, how they work, right? Because I'm assuming that if you just have one type, it's not going to work as well as if you kind of put them in. I don't know anything about gardening. So you can tell me that. No, you, you hit it. Yeah, because when you when you think of the church and and I think of especially like the local church here and using their gifts, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't want to overdo the tomato marigold thing, but like marigolds have a different gift. You know, they're not gonna produce me big, huge tomatoes, but they are gonna repel those little worms. And they're <laughs> they're a different and they take up space and they're pretty. So they bring these beautiful flowers where a tomato bed is kind of blah and, you know, there's no, no real beauty in it. And so there's just a different thing that a marigold brings. I mean, and I, I we've done garlic there, which is kind of stinky. Um, so I like marigolds. But yummy. Pretty. <laughs> they are yummy. So they just, you know, knowing. And when you correlate that with the church, it's like each individual person has a different gift and it. It comes back to that taking the time up front and being intentional of, um, you know, who would be good in this group on the church or this project that's going to go out and help the homeless or whatever it is. You know, what are their gifts and how do they work with the big picture, that type of thing. So it is, you know, all that to say it's very active. You have to 
you know, be intentional and active and plan to, I'm going to put something in the bottom of that tomato bed. You know, who is it? What is it? What is the need? What is the purpose of this? Um, And so I think so many times as Christians, we just think it's all fluff and, and I, you know, I don't want this to, to sound bad, but not just fluff and faith where we just sit on our couch and, you know, wait for the faith and believe. Yes, we do have that faith. But so many times we need to actually be active and participate in these things as well. And so, um, yeah, that correlation with the church is spot on for sure. And recognizing that your purpose may not be quite as visible as someone else's, but yet just as important. I think about that marigold. And yeah, they're beautiful, but they're not producing fruit, right? right? And now that it's not a good correlation because we all as Christians do produce the fruit of the Spirit. Right. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is your role in the mm-hmm. body of Christ, yes, it's going to be, not maybe, it's going mm-hmm. to be different from mm-hmm. others. But yet God uses, just like the gardener uses those things together, God will use us together for his purposes, for mm-hmm. his glory, for our good to advance yeah. the kingdom. And, and, and so I think somebody probably needs to hear that. I think somebody probably feels like the garlic or the marigold that, you know, is maybe feeling like their purpose is not as visible. It's not as important. Maybe they're in a season of life. Maybe you, if you're listening, you're in a season of life where you don't feel like that you are contributing as much to the kingdom. You're whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're in a in a period where we have both been in and uh-huh. where where you're just trying to keep your head above water every day, getting the diapers changed and all <laughs> things. But recognize that your role to play, whether it is just being an, a missionary to your children, whether it is being an encouragement to other young women in your church, whether, you know, whatever that is, whether it is just keeping the house running for your husband, whatever that is, it is important. You are doing a good work if you are looking to, if you're looking to glorify God in your work. Yes. Yes. That that. is powerful. So true. So true. I love that. All right. So I'm kind of jumping around a smidge, but as you're thinking, as, as we're thinking through this, I am not, a gardener. And one of the reasons that I am not good at this is I suffer from a lack of patience. <laughs> yes, right? we all do. <laughs> I yes. suffer from a lack of patience. I like my instant gratification. I really do. Uh-huh. And yeah. I know one of the things I imagine over the couple of decades that you've been doing what you are doing in your home and also in ministry and in our lives and with our children and everything else is God cultivating in us that kind of um, lesson of patience and growth? Mm-hmm. And that obviously something that it doesn't take much to be able to correlate the growing mm-hmm. of a plant to our to our spiritual growth. But what can you tell that woman who, just like the one who doesn't feel like their purpose is very important right now, they also mm-hmm. maybe they feel like that, their patience has run low and they're just not, they're not growing. They're right. not, you know, they're in a period of waiting. Their seed is still mm-hmm. on the ground. They're, they're waiting. What can you tell them to encourage, to encourage them? 
Yeah. Well, and that waiting period is so, so hard for us. And especially as Americans, I mean, we have a phone in our hand, we can, you know, Amazon can deliver in two hours and I'm ticked at them if they don't get it here by five o'clock or, um, you know, everything is an instant gratification. And it's so hard because that is God's, God is on a different timeline. Right. And, you know, the hard thing is to recognize, and we can logically know that his timing is better. We can say that all day long, but it doesn't feel like his timing is better. His timing is always making us wait, it seems like. Um, But, you know, if you, to correlate that, you know, with the garden, and you've already made that connection, is, you know, over here, we're working usually a year or more in advance planning things out. And so, you know, back in my 20s, I would pop in and, oh, it's May, the garden centers are open and there's a few flowers that I see it, you know, in the Walmart, <laughs> you know, garden center. And I all of a sudden, oh, do I want to do some gardening, you know? And so I think about that. But really, you know, over here, if we're doing planting, you know, we're planning that out a year mm-hmm. in advance. And it is a lot of work. And and we we both have had the conversation about, you know, being a spiritual athlete, And I think that ties in so much because, you know, you can't just go out and run a marathon without continually training over a year period. And the same goes for harvesting fruit at, you know, in your life, it, you have to be patient and stick with it. And, um, you know, this is going to sound tough, but toughen up. We, 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 so think we deserve something so quickly. And it's truly where the growth happens. It's in those mornings before the sun is up and you're sitting there reading your Bible and you get this, you know, wow, I've read that 10 times and I I missed that. That's so Mm -hmm. powerful. I need to write it down. I need to print that off and I need to put that on my mirror so I don't forget that one next time because that is so, so big. And so I do think um, it's, being patient, but it's also, again, the action of taking those tiny little steps and doing the next right thing every single day. I mean, I am, I am a strong believer that we need to be in the word every single day. And whether that's four minutes and you're just reading one chapter, or if that's a true study, and in some seasons it might be from front to back Bible, other seasons, you might go deep on a certain topic or, a, you know, a Bible chapter or something like that. But I think we have to do that every single day to prepare for the future. And, you know, like we had just mentioned, you know, I'm, I just turned 54, uh, midlife here. And I truly believe that all the no's in the past and I was, I was the stay-at-home mom, and I was getting my kids to their sports, and um, that was my focus. And I believe that, you know, I'm shifting in time-wise, but also with a mission-wise and what my purpose is, and just knowing that times change and time goes quickly, and, you know, doing the tiny little things that can get you there, wherever that may be now just keep doing those. And so <laughs> again, it's oversimplifying, just keep doing the right things um, and being patient, but realizing that the timeline 
is long. And I can look back and through our marriage and through my personal things, there are several times where I, I felt that where like, what am I doing? This is just such a waste of time or whatever. And, or we would get a no on something in our life. And I look back, some of those things take five or six years before you're like, thank you, God, for that no. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would be down some rabbit hole that is not my purpose and not my place. And so as long as we are pressing into God and spending that time, I sound like a broken record, don't I? <laughs> Spend the time in the words, get that worship music on in your house, um, You know, do your prayer list, all those things. If you're doing those right things, you will know him like he knows you. You will hear his voice. You will know what your purpose is and you will know you're right where you're supposed to be. And you will know when there's a moment to shift and pivot into something else. And you will be confident in that because you know him, you know how he works, you know, his words, you know, his scriptures and his love for you. Um, And so it is, it's one of those that, um, we just need to take more time and and plan things out years in advance. Yeah. And um, it's hard to do. It's easy for us at our age to look back and say, you know, just just take yeah. your time and enjoy it. Yeah, I, I wasn't feeling that when I was, you know, 20 years younger. Well, but it's good that you mentioned that because, uh, I mean, obviously we all know these are things we need to do. And, and I know that for me, sometimes I'll look back and think, okay, I really wasted a lot of time and I think, and this is for all of us, regardless of what stage of life you're in. And, and sometimes I, I think to myself, okay, cause you know, time does move pretty fast mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. older you are listening to us, the more that hits home with you, but time moves fast day, you know, that, that phrase, the days move slow, but the years mm-hmm. move fast. Yes. So, so I, sometimes I think to myself, you know, like, where would I be today if a year ago I had started these small habits? Mm-hmm. You know, where would my garden, what would my garden look like today if I had actually planned and planted a year ago? Where mm-hmm. would my confidence in the gospel, my peace, my assurance, my faith, where, what would it look like today if I had started you know, a year ago with five minutes of Bible intake and five minutes where, you know, so we think about these things. And I think that to some extent, the enemy can use that. Oh yeah. That, mm-hmm. that where that, that kind of a, oh yeah, I'm looking back. I have regrets. The mm-hmm. enemy can use that to say, you know what? Yeah. You could have been a lot further along, but now, you know, there's no, there's no point in worrying about it now. You right, know, right. I think that the enemy can use that to stir us on to even more apathy and wasting of time. But right. if, if we hear that, if we feel that, I think it's really, uh, I think it's such a joy to be able to see that as, okay, maybe instead of this being a guilt trip from the enemy, this mm-hmm. is a little bit of a prodding from the Holy Spirit. And guess what I can do today? Even if I don't see results tomorrow, mm-hmm. I can go ahead and start. And then mm-hmm. in a year, it's like the whole getting getting fit, right? Getting in oh, shape. Oh, it's the same. Yeah. I mean, or saving money or, yes. you know, it's, it's all money, the all same disciplines. Yes. I think to myself, you know, I ate a salad and I've worked out three days in a row. Why have I not lost 10 pounds? You know, right. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I don't understand. It's been three right. whole days. Yes. Because 
because of that instant gratification that you were just talking about earlier, but we cannot let that lull us into apathy. Right. We, right. We cannot because um, that I think that it takes time, patience, all that to say, I don't know. I just, I kind of came back around to that because I keep coming back to where you're talking about how you plan so far ahead for the crop that you get. Mm-hmm. And we are, des- we are designed for that. We are, we're created in God's image. We can, you can do it. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to us, you can do this one yes. step at a time, one yes. step at a time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just um, prioritizing. And and we, so many things take our attention. And especially with these phones in our hands all day long, and yeah. we look at this house, and I want to paint my room this color, and I want to the, add these kind of flowers, and all the different things that can take our attention. And it's really, if we are in tune, and totally 100% with God, every single day, making those connections, it's going to allow us to drop some things that give us time to do these harder things that maybe are not, don't feel natural. It doesn't feel natural to wake up in the first thing, read your Bible before, you know, it's light outside, or maybe your time is at night or whatever. Those things don't, you know, who wants to get up and get ready and drag your kids to church? I mean, these are disciplines that yes, you know, we know it's right and it's good and we feel good about it afterwards, but it's hard to do up front. And when you're in connection with God, it's easier to prioritize like, you know, maybe I need to drop this thing over here that's taking time away so I don't have energy to do these things that I should. So, you know, just like with anything, it's a balance of, you know, trying to figure out what to do and what not to do. And, um, and again, you know, I go back to it. It's all God focused and he does, if you're in his word, it clears your brain to allow you to know his heart for you and what is right for your time. Yeah. And as, as we finish out, I do want to kind of circle back around and make sure that we make the distinction because we've been talking a little bit about the importance and the critical importance of doing this, this the work, right? So, mm-hmm. so we're kind of circling back around to the difference between, for example, we talked about earlier, the Old Testament law yep. grace versus doing the work now. So so it's just really important because sometimes we get fuzzy about this. We get confused right. about this and we think, oh, well, you know, reading my Bible and praying and da, 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 these are things. Oh, that the list. <laughs> the the list. list. <laughs> yes. That is, there is such a, a difference to honing the practice of spiritual disciplines and commitment and living honorably before God and men. Yes. And the, then what the Old Testament law was about, which was about, which was showing us our need for, for him. him. Yes. So mm-hmm. these things that we're talking about, as far as the disciplines, these are things that the Holy Spirit grows in us, like the fruit mm-hmm. of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit grows in us and the, our desire to be more and more like Christ and be closer to him. That mm-hmm. will grow as we practice them. Yes. So, it, there, so there is a difference between the law and what we're doing as far as our disciplines, right? Yes, yes, so yes. That is a really important distinction to make. And then recognizing that grace 
is sort of the umbrella of it all. So yes. And the, and the piece of grace to me, when I look at, when we moved to this property, the, the Gracefield home said 20 years ago, um, I was a stay at home mom. I had four little tiny kids. My husband's a fireman. We don't have a dime in the bank. I mean, we have this house that should be bulldozed and we have all these projects <laughs> and we don't have any money to do anything. And so we got really good at, I, I'm a visual person. I'm a creative. I like pretty things and I like pretty flowers and I want a house that's painted and pretty and decorated and that we just didn't have the budget for it. And so I'm so thankful for that time frame because it is the picture of grace. We took busted up windows that were not the cute chippy paint, but like little gouges in French doors and 40-year-old wood pulled out of the barn. And we built our greenhouse out of that. I wanted a greenhouse. These things are huge money to go purchase and have someone built. And it is it is the picture of grace on how God can take our messed up, broken, splintered, gouged past, no matter what we've done, just like the thief on the cross, no matter what we've done, if we've murdered someone, if we've hurt someone, or what's done been done to us, and our reaction wasn't right, whatever it is that's in our past, God can take it and not just put it back together like we think it should be done in our time frame, but he can make an absolute masterpiece that is that would blow your mind beautiful and use those pieces of your past that are so gouged and so broken and splintered. And that is, to me, the picture of grace, the thief on the cross, our, our greenhouse that was built from other people's lumber thrown away, taken out of the trash pile and the burn pile. And we built this, this beautiful thing. And it's a picture of grace to me of what, how God uses that past, you know, and yes, we do have to be disciplined and be in his word and know that we're on his path and be patient and all those things that we had just talked about. But the bottom line is he takes a mess. He like he's the ultimate reclaimed lumber guy with his DIYs. I mean, we are the reclaimed messed up thing that should get burned in the burn pile. And he pulls us out, cleans us off and makes a masterpiece out of it every single time he does that. And um, I'm just in awe. And it, it's kind of crazy because you would think, um, you know, the more you read your Bible and the more you do these things, the more you know. And I feel like every single day, <laughs> I'm just more in awe and I, I know less and less every day about how he operates because it's just so amazing. And it's the grace, the grace that still doesn't make sense to me, but I'm so thankful for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. He restores, he redeems. I love that. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful way to end this conversation. Although I really enjoy chatting with you. I could, we could continue talking for a long, long time. Um, but I, I, I think that's a great place to kind of end and remind ourselves of the work of God in our lives to restore and redeem by mm -hmm. his grace. I love that. I love that. 
Okay, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. For those of you who want to learn more about um, Lana, which you definitely do, go to her website at lanastenner.com and that'll all be linked below. Go check out her book, her new book, if you really want to start salivating. Um, <laughs> check that out. Um, definitely listen to her podcast, The Grace-Filled Grit Podcast. Was that a play on words, the grit thing? No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I love that. I love that. Okay. So go check that out. Seriously, um, you are just a real blessing to us. We um, have enjoyed getting to know you. And honestly, I know that those listening are going to enjoy learning more from you through your adventures mm-hmm. and in homesteading. And whether that is something that you personally are doing in your life or not, recognizing the grace of God and Lana's life and adventures will definitely speak to you as well. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This is just pure joy. I, I love what you guys are doing and it's an honor to be on. Well, we appreciate you and we will see you guys back next week. Um, Don't forget to check below with all the links and go say hello to Lana. Thank you. Hey guys, it's AJ here with a personal question. Do you ever long to connect with other women over God's word? If so, I'd like to personally invite you to be part of our online Bible study community. Sojo Academy is where Jen and I meet via Zoom every week with our global community to discuss God's word, pray, and share what we are learning with each other. In Sojo Academy, you'll get a fresh Bible study every month, as well as weekly meetups, Bible journaling kits, accountability, community, and an entire library of workshops and Bible study tutorials. Jumpstart your walk with God and come hang out with us live this week. Visit SojoAcademy.com and we'll see you inside.